you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast dominates the international box office. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, joined by a couple of my favorite heroes, Mark Sessler and Chris Wesseling. The preseason is over, gentlemen. Uh, how about that? Hey, Greg. You excited? Chris must get his hey, Greg, in there, and I like that. Doesn't matter. I think we are excited. Has this August not stretched on forever? Well, we haven't. Have you heard yet that this has been five weekends in August? Maybe that's why. It's not every month that has five weekends. Ooh, and yeah, we're starting the season early. You know, we we were talking about the season. If you think about how many weeks are in the season, you know, there's 17 regular season. It's a long process. But we've already been through seven weeks. We get five weeks of preseason games, two weeks before that. We're in regular season mode. And who wants to watch that trash they, they put up there on the fourth preseason you know, week? <laughs> that Thursday night's the worst night of professional football all year. I didn't True? watch a single game Thursday night. I watched Drunk History instead. I don't like that show that much. I it, thought it seems was like it should be so funny, and it's not that funny. I like Greg totally shifting out of his company man suit to take the fourth preseason week down. All right, find the NFL owner that says it's a good product. It's it's a waste of time. For well, the they're still part, making right? their money. I think it's I think it's a bad bad move by any father or mother that drops like six hundred dollars to take a family of four to a fourth week preseason game. You could have strategized that better if you're a family. Right. I mean, this is a, a week where not only the starters sit out, but a lot of times the backups sit out. You just start with the third stringer. You just go right to Sean Renfrey after TJ Yates is on the field a little while. I mean, it's just it's mostly a waste of time. But it's an we abomination. Were, we were here last night, Greg, and I thought we actually saw on the young quarterback front, we saw them all play. Actually that's true. There were we enjoyed some of it. It was a pretty low key night and we might as well get right into it because we have a big show today and we want to get to it all. First we're gonna talk a little bit of news and then we'll quickly move on to our awards. Wrapping up the preseason. A lot of buzz about this preseason MVP award. It will be announced for the first time on the Around the NFL podcast before it lands anywhere else. World exclusive. And then we'll hit to some, uh, maybe some okay, decent awards uh, that matter to the regular season MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookies of the Year. We'll make our predictions for those. We'll make our Super Bowl predictions. We'll get Dan Hansis and Kevin Patrick coming at you on the line to make their Super Bowl predictions. But before we do that, I've got to turn it to my man, TD. What's going on? What's going on, guys? Uh, yes, the preseason week four, the issue, main issue I have with it, you know when this preseason starts and everyone says, from this point on, guys, to the end of February, there's going to be an NFL game every Sunday, every weekend? <laughs> it's not true. No, there's preseason nothing this weekend. Four. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, it's Well, it is true. It's if, a farce. It is true if, like, the around the NFL staff, you're watching film nonstop. Because oh. there are ga- plenty of games on Sunday. All right. So what are you doing with your off time instead of growing your knowledge on the league? <laughs> Other than asking for headshots. Wait, you, you know, need a like headshot? Is... What's the headshot? Well, well, I mean. I don't know. Well, the, 
So the, earlier this week, I put up a Madden article on NFL.com, my first NFL.com article, and I wanted to know if I was going to get a headshot oh in the bar He marched I in just and asked. asked for a I headshot. Like it, was, it was a diva move, this and is Patrick a, Crowley <laughs> called him out on it. This is, this is a fabricated story. <laughs> One, one, you need a little more a than headshot. one article. Maybe ten. Well, that's then you fine. get a headshot. Yeah, hey, fine. but congrats on that, by the way. We're yeah. not just here to take you to town all day long. You got an article up on a professional website. It was good stuff. This yes. is a big step. Thank I you. read it. It Appreciate was good. It. Thank you, guys. All right. Let's do a little news. <laughs> that's my favorite news drop yet. Yeah, it's um, so we're doing an award show today, obviously, mm. and today is also Michael Jackson's birthday. So I thought, why not take it back to when he first dropped the moonwalk at the Motown Awards show? You know, just tie it all together. But you know that Michael Jackson's died, right? It's you know, do you know? I'm just saying. Let's move on, guys. Okay, let's I'm just, just saying. It's I don't know. Is it really someone's birthday still? If they're I not mean, with us. Yeah, they still celebrate. TD, are you going to famous? You, you, it still gets celebrated. Okay, like, let's do a little news, and and we'll start with what Mark mentioned. There was one big takeaway I thought from last night that could have leave a lasting impression on this 2014 season. And Chris Wesley's got his hands in the air. He's pumping his fists right now. I've never seen this. What, the, why the are you Kirk, so excited? The Kirk Gibson fist pump. Well, what, what what are you so excited about? Because I know where you're going with this. Well, let's see. The hear only it. takeaway from last night is that we might not see Matt Schaub in the season <laughs> opener. <laughs> yeah, Derek Carr looked very good in, I think it was four drives against the Seattle Seahawks, one against their first team offense, which he led a nice long touchdown drive. Next throw, just 30 seconds later, he connects on a long touchdown. Really about as perfect a preseason game as you could have against good competition, even if you know, half the time was against backups. Is there any way the Raiders don't start Derek Carr now in week one? Uh, I watched the highlights of Derek Carr. I didn't see the game. And if you watch Derek Carr highlights after watching Matt Schaub lowlights, <laughs> Derek Carr looks like an unholy juggernaut of John Elway and Brett Favre. That's how much of a difference is. You see a quarterback actually throwing down the field. By the way, that's I just know how our – TD and our social team thinks that will now be the pull quote that we use to sell the podcast. <laughs> Even if it's totally out of context, Derek Carr is the next John Elway. Well, it's worth noting that two of his three scoring drives came against mostly Seattle starters. Right. And, and you know, Seattle has not used the preseason to, to, to play it softly. They have gone after teams, and the Raiders legitimately moved the ball with Carr against that defense. That, to me... He passed the test. And one of those drives wasn't really a drive. It was a throw. It was one play, 36 yards, and Denarius Moore was open. But it's also a throw you just can't imagine Matt Schaub making because it took some arm strength. Had to get it out there deep down the field. It was perfect. And it's just like if you don't have a guy that can make that throw, then you're limiting your team. What, what, it would, be the, what would be the case for starting Matt Schaub at this point? Well, you have, you have your head coach whose name is I Wish, I, I wish You Weren't a Liar. Why, why is that? He's lied all offseason. He He's says li- now he has three starting quarterbacks. He has lied all offseason. He has no acquaintance with the truth. I would not believe a word he says, not even hello. I wish you weren't a liar. What, what I would like to see Dennis Allen have done last night is to cross over and have a chat with Pete Carroll. Because it was two seasons ago when everyone thought Matt Flynn was signed in Seattle to become their starter that they open-mindedly make the correct choice to pick the best quarterback in Russell Wilson. The Raiders, the only problem here is them not getting out of their own way. Everyone kills Reggie McKenzie for having not found a quarterback. You found one. Right. Now play him. It's funny that he said three starting quarterbacks. Well, you still had Matt McGloin on the roster before you signed Matt Schaub. Why did you need another starting quarterback? Exactly. I think Carr starts because there's a mutiny if it doesn't happen. Right. Fair point. I think you made it easy on them. It would have been a tougher call for them, and it shouldn't have been. But let's say he goes 6-for-10 with one touchdown, but that was in the third drive against the back. You know, he was good, but not great. To me, he played so perfectly, and Schaub isn't even on the practice field right now because of his elbow, that to me, there's no choice to make. I would be absolutely stunned if Schaub wasn't on the bench. And you mentioned Matt Flynn. Well, that was Dennis Allen's quarterback a year ago, very similar to Schaub. In terms of they gave Schaub $8 million guaranteed, and now that's probably going to be for a backup quarterback. This isn't a cash-strapped team. I, would, I don't think you even worry about the money on, on any level. The Oakland Raiders 
need to turn around here and give their fan base something to cling to and the locker room too. You start Schaub and you're telling everyone we're not we're not about putting the best player on the on the field. And you have to save your jobs. And as stupid as Reggie McKenzie looks for giving Matt Schaub eight million dollars, you look even dumber when you get fired. So they are going to pick the guy they think gives them be- the best chance to keep their job. It's got to be Carr. Could make them a little I more fun. Who like, they- I would like to be a fly on the wall in the meeting when uh, Mark Davis asked Reggie McKenzie to account for that missing eight million dollars. <laughs> oh, you forgot to watch game film of the last year and a half. Gotcha. Well, Mark Davis has forgotten to watch fame, game film for an, a lifetime. Well, he's That's not, not his job. No, it isn't. But I, I agree that McKenzie, they went out and they overvalued Schaub. But you, they, it, no one is going to care about any of that if they start Carr and he succeeds or he shows promise. Nobody will care. Starts week one in New Jersey against the Jets. That's a fun little week one game if Derek Carr is starting. Nice secondary to go against. Let's talk a little bit before we move on to our awards uh, about the other rookie quarterbacks that wrapped up their preseasons last night. We'll start with Johnny Manziel. Mark, I know you were dialed into that game. At one point, you were so excited. Just with glee, you said, what, what was your quote again? I don't know where you're going with this. I felt, I was, was I excited last night? You, you seemed for a minute excited that it, it looks like we might have a hint of a quarterback what was the quote exactly I forget it was along those lines and it was because that's what Manziel is doing right now there's a play where you're thinking oh wait that's why we went and got this guy if you're the Cleveland Browns but he was 6 of 17 and actually the takeaway for me was he's billed as having a strong arm and he had he can dart that thing on shorter passes over the middle and he has a nice arm in general but then suddenly last night Deep passes, anything over 15 yards, sailed. He, I don't know what was going on with him. He admitted he did not throw well, but it almost was like his mechanics were all hinky last night. He really, really was an ugly, ugly passer on deep throws. I'm worried about him a, a little bit, if I were you. Just that yeah. you're not going to get much out of him this year, whether he plays or not. He just seems far away from being ready. He six, sure does. He's six for 17. I know from reading Mark's article that Johnny Manziel hit the scene as a comprehensive mixed bag. <laughs> I like was. that. He, he I was, like the phrasing there. He, he the, really was. It was a play-to-play drama where you thought, oh, yes, and then you thought, my gosh, this guy absolutely just should not be on the field. Here was your quote, by the way, and you did say this with some happiness at the time. It was one of after he put two good plays together in a row. You said, we've got the suggestion of a quarterback in Cleveland. I did not say it that way, well, by the way. That is not how I voiced that. <laughs> You know, but that he. But that's funny that that's like right. that the most optimistic a Browns fan can get. That's why it was funny. It was one of the better six for seventeen performances, which is a statistical <laughs> disaster that I've seen because he led them to two field goals and a touchdown drive. It's like despite the numbers, he does bring energy and he does seem to get the ball to guys. That he, should matter. It does matter, and I think that the numbers and the accuracy and the completion percentage will build if he plays. I also look at him as a 2015 quarterback right now. I do too. Uh, Blake Bortles, to me, looks like a 2014 quarterback. He wrapped up the preseason with a nice long touchdown throw, had one other deep pass down the field. He just was unbelievable all preseason. What was your crazy I'd stat? I'd go as far as to say Blake Bortles probably is a t- was, was a 2013 quarterback because on the uh, Supercast that we, we taped yesterday, by the way, Greg Wilson representing the Around the NFL crew on the NFL Season Preview Supercast. Oh, yeah, check it out. We had a discussion about ranking the quarterbacks in the last two drafts, and I believe essentially Blake Bortles came out on top. So I mean, Interesting. Wow. Yeah, he should. I mean, Geno Smith and E.J. Manuel, come on. He's got the hairline of a 1997 class of 2000 <laughs> quarterback. Why, why, why is he losing hair already? Come on, Blake. He does have also has a pretty terrible name, Bortles. What is that? Blake Bortles. Well, no, that it'll grow okay on to people. It'll that sounds like people. a quarterback, though. Bortles. I asked Damashek, resident Steelers fan, if he would today trade Ben Roethlisberger for Bortles. What did he say, T.D.? Yeah, he thought about it, and I think he would take Bortles. He said, oh yeah. wow. That's, that's, yes. that's not good. Blake Bortles is a quarterback name, though. I remember my wife once asked me, what, how come all the quarterbacks have such quarterbacky names? Like, they, there's something about it. It's, it's true. a very penetrating question. You know what I mean, though? It's almost like 
self-selection. You get the name Blake Bortles. You're going to be a quarterback. It's going to help your chances to become Blake a Blake Gabbert, too. Why are most of them good-looking, too? I mean, right. it's, it's not just about You have to be a leader of traits. men. Yep. Body language. We're going to break this down in a five-part series next offseason when we have nothing to talk about again. <laughs> the crazy stat you were referring to, Mark unearthed this stat. 34% of Blake Bortles' preseason completions have gone for 20 or more yards, which would be a record. I don't even, I don't even have to look that up. I know that would be a record. That's insane. Well, and the flip side is that Henny's only 8% of Henny's has. And that's why last week you see Henny play for 28 minutes. Bortles comes in in 80 seconds and does everything Henny did statistically in under two minutes. He's moving the football every time he's, <laughs> he's on the field. He's like a condensed Henny. There you go. Teddy Bridgewater played in a driving rainstorm in the end his preseason that, that happened in two of the Titans games, so I didn't really take anything from that. I think we'll see Bridgewater later in the season. Let's move on from the preseason finally. <laughs> but before we do that, let's hand out some awards. I mean, we've been talking this up now for weeks, and there was weeks. there there was a lot of people on Twitter last night that they wanted to go to bed um, across the country, and then they realized, oh, McGloin is actually in the late game. So I'm going to have to stay up and see if Matt McGloin can go earn that preseason MVP award because people were just excited about it. Can he pull it off? Can McGloin do it? The award fever. And so people were up late. He struggled a little bit. And You're uh, sure this is people versus uh, the, the singular person? Version. I was up okay. watching, and I enjoyed Matt McGloin. That's because it was a McGloin on Mc, McLovin on McLovin. <laughs> it was it was, it was a it was a fun night. Who who would be some candidates that you'd throw out there here for preseason MVP? We're gonna do this quickly. Mark Ingram, yeah, he's a good one. I like that. McGloin to me was immediately the heavy favorite when he did the MJ shoulder shrug after the game-winning touchdown uh, a couple weeks ago. I just thought that one moment alone really said everything you need to know about the preseason. I'm sold on that pick. I thought that's where we were going with this without much controversy. Mm. Travis Kelsey was an option. A lot of 50-yard touchdowns. Shouldn't the preseason awards be that we pick a quarterback that loses the quarterback battle to another young player? (laughs) What would happen if during the regular season a wide receiver caught the game-winning touchdown in 13 of 16 games? I think he, he would be it would be the greatest season of all time, clutch season of all time. I think we have our answer here. Corey Washington of the New York Giants. He he's the preseason MVP. The first annual preseason MVP. T D, get excited. Well, and, and Giants fans will not laugh at that because that's how they unearthed Victor Cruz off of preseason magic. I mean, sometimes this does translate. For those who don't know, Corey Washington, deeply buried on the roster, caught a game winning touchdown. In four straight weeks. That's that's pretty tough to do. Clutch. Once it was the go-ahead touchdown. It wasn't exactly game-winning. They, they scored another one later. But it's all right. I don't care. We'll grandfather that one. Corey in. Washington's the MVP. And and that leads to, I'm just going to go right into coach of the year. Tom Coughlin, 5-0. and I mean, it's not quite uh, 72 Dolphin stuff, but it's got to like, be Tom Coughlin, right? It's like going 21-0 and in the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Doesn't it say it all about the preseason that the Bryant, the Gi- It feels like the Giants that the sky is falling, and yet they went five and zero in the preseason. Yeah, and they pulled out a win on a night that Eli Manning was one for four for zero yards. <laughs> that's that's a, about his average. That's his best night of the preseason. <laughs> it's got to be tough if you're a coach and you grind your way to a five and zero record. Over, you're the team that has to play an extra preseason game, and it doesn't count. We're back at zero and zero, and you're about to go zero and three. Well, and Ryan Nassib is the one that led them to all these comebacks, anyway. So nice. he was about to be cut f- three or four weeks ago. Yeah, see, preseason helped him out. Uh, preseason defensive player of the year, Wesley. Who's your pick? The Eastern Block. Ooh, Margus Hunt, Cincinnati. He got it on the first week of the year when he took Jeff Lincolnbach and literally picked him up and threw him three or four yards down the field. Looks like J.J. Watt on some plays. And uh, last night, the final night of the preseason, three sacks, four tackles for loss. If you watched Hard Knocks last year, a charming fellow, Marcus Hunt. Very, very likable. Good to see nice things from him. Marcus Hunt, you're the first ever defensive player of the year in the My preseason. My pick was Dimitri Patterson because he basically said, you know what, <laughs> not into it. <laughs> not into it, waiting until September. This is how much I care about the preseason. I'm not even going to show up, and I'm not even going to tell you I'm not showing up. All right, rookies of the year of the preseason. Do we even want to do that? Bortles. Got to be Bortles. Okay. Got to be Bortles. Where else Bortles. could you possibly How about go? defense? Clowney? Well, he just really made it like four plays. But it no, got I don't every... think we have a defensive guy. You, you could go Shazier, Pryor, Clowney. 
Yeah. Let's move on to LVP. I got to give it to EJ Manuel because kind of like the Coughlin gets some bonuses for playing five games, five wins. EJ Manuel was painful to watch for five straight weeks. Well, not I, just four. I think that uh, the, there there could be a triumvirate here. Mm. RG3 and Eli Manning are, are kind of upset that you mm. gave it to EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel and the rest of the Bills starters played three drives on Thursday night, all against the uh, Detroit Lions backups. And the idea was let's get some momentum going for the regular season. On those three drives, they had 50 yards, zero points, and Sammy Watkins got hurt. I think he Manuel has to get the tiebreaker here because of that. He played a lot more in the preseason than these other guys. He's even he even played an extra game. Mm. And they didn't do. They probably didn't score a touchdown all preseason. I saw a lot of tweets coming out of the Cleveland faction saying we are thrilled with EJ Manuel's progress because they hold Buffalo's first round pick, and it's possible the Browns have two top five picks going into next year's draft. How do you top what you did last spring? Mm. You do it this way with two top five picks, trading up with yourself to get who you want. Maybe they'll get a quarterback. <laughs> but it's, I love this theory Sessler had. He really thinks the Browns are going to get the top two picks and then trade up with, for themselves. To finally I think that get, would be awesome. Well, it would be the best trade they've made in Kevin years. Kevin Costner's like, I've been taken twice, two years in a row. <laughs> uh, and by the way, when you say you, you've seen a lot of Browns fans tweeting about that, you just mean that you've been talking about no, that, No, right? I saw that coming out of you know the AFC North column on our, on our Twitter feed. The Sessler Award. What's, what's that again? That was – you guys seem to think that I have a fascination <laughs> with assistant coaches. You the do. A, the AP announced this week that they will, for the first time in the history of our planet – You love assistant coaches. You, nobody likes play callers and schemers more than you. I do I do think uh, you know it's a, it's a worthy award that should come out years ago. This time around, an assistant coach will be named the assistant coach of the year. So who is it from this summer? I actually am kind of struggling. My pick, though, was Norv Turner because mm. I thought – Comes in Minnesota's offense. I think we forget how dull this offense was for a long time. He turned Matt Castle into what looks like a very serviceable guy in that scheme. Teddy Bridgewater's shown a lot of progress. I kind of think that Cordero Patterson's going to have a big year. Kyle Rudolph. Nor fits what they have very well, and he showed it in August. I'm going with Raiders offensive coordinator Greg Olson. I like that. Because he's going to duct tape. Uh, Dennis Allen's mouth, <laughs> hijack him, zip tie his hands, don't, and not let him out on, on the press conference and make the decision to start David Carr over Matt Schaub. The final uh, award, the comeback player of the preseason. I'm giving it to Santonio Holmes. He wasn't even in our lives two weeks ago. And I think he made the Bears on Thursday night when he had one punt return for 30 yards and one catch for 32 yards and a touchdown. That's enough. That's very preseason-y. I like that. All right. That's it. Preseason awards. We should have some songs or something, TD. Come on. It's the preseason, man. Oh. All right, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our, our real awards preview for the year. And we've done this on the Around the NFL site all week. And what is that? We have some breaking news into the Around the NFL podcast studio. Usually this is something like Jimmy Clausen signed with a team. I'm not <laughs> expecting anything real big here. Well, we actually know what it is. We just spent a while uh, writing it up downstairs. We had to vacate the podcast studio. TD is shaking his way head. Way to pull back the curtain. Well, we why not? Look, yeah, way, way to throw me under the bus with my oh. Jimmy Clausen thing. Oh, well, why, why pretend? We are, we are all 41 minutes older. We Yeah, we all <laughs> had to leave because Alden Smith, the – star pass rusher of the San Francisco 49ers has been suspended for the odd number nine games. I've never seen a nine-game suspension a little bigger than we thought. A lot bigger than we thought. I was, I was guessing five maybe. Right. Nine's more than half the season. Well, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport noted that the 49ers also were very surprised with the, uh, the length of the suspension. Well, I'd call him star-crossed, not star. And he broke it up and that's why it was so long, was five of the games was for, uh, I believe, the substance abuse policy, or four of the games for the substance abuse policy, five for the personal conduct policy. Alden Smith has had a number of incidents, uh, drinking, DUI-related, and, you know, separate with the felony charges. There was a lot going on, so it makes some sense to me, nine games. But that's a worst-case scenario for them. A colorful character. And Breer um, mentioned that, because people are asking... You know, why is it that Alden Smith, they're allowing him to be around the facility? Mm -hmm. 
why is someone like Josh Gordon or other people not? Well, if you have a second substance abuse offense, that is not a privilege you have. And so I guess Smith with Smith, it, it, he's allowed to. It still is unclear to me, but... Well, he that that's a good, I guess, a silver lining for them, but he misses a big chunk of the season, misses a game against the Saints. He won't miss either of the Seahawks games, but are we concerned about this defense now? You know, you're without Navarro Bowman half the season. You're without Glenn Dorsey. You're without Alden Smith. Looks like my uh, my prediction that the 49ers' demise could happen looking a little better today. They were seen as the best linebacker. Greg pulls up immediate positive out of this train. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all about me. I'm tapping my fingers. They were seen as the best linebacker core since the Saints of uh, the Jim Mora era with Pat, the Dome Patrick Patrol. Swilling and Ricky Jackson and Sam Mills. Vaughn Johnson, was that his name? Ricky Jackson? Vaughn, uh, I don't know. As the podcast creeps to <laughs> anyway, an epic halt. The point is, they're without, the 49ers are without two of them, and maybe the best two. <laughs> DD's laughing at us. Well, we, we don't have a lot of sleep here right now. I'm just still We're amazed doing... at how you just absolutely just pulled back the curtain. The, you, oh. you know, you saw the fourth world, and this is what you did to it. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys not like that? That I was just being away. honest with I our do listeners. Like it. We don't, put, you know, we don't it's play f- games with it's a our fine listeners. Fine time to start. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for the Alden Smith news. That was a surprise, but we're going to move on. And can talk. I finish my point? Oh, yeah, we you, you had a point. I was, I didn't know there was. He like a, was breaking down the defensive uh, fallout. That's right. Well, it's hard to tell with the thirty-second pause between the names, but sure. Continue on, sir. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> That's it. I'm out of here. A lot of tension. See you guys. Well, listen, Wesley. Yeah, Wes, don't leave. Don't if leave. you hear He's... this and it's still the month of August, uh, log on to the website and find Wesley's post, which should be prominently placed. You will learn a lot about why this it. defense will be challenged. Fair but, enough. No, please finish the no, finish the point. No, no, now it's, it's just awkward. No, now it's it's useless. They just <laughs> lost two All Pros, two of their four linebackers, possibly the best two of their four linebackers. Definitely right. Well, the, Alden Smith has the most sacks per game in NFL history. That's pretty 0. good. 0.98. Yeah. And Navarro Bowman was your choice for Defensive Player of the Year last year. He was. I love him. So pushing they are without those guys for the first two, first half of the season, essentially. Pushing it way forward and not wanting to go down a wormhole. I. It's such a. It's going to be interesting to watch if the, if this team tries to keep him around and re-sign him. I just mm. think it's a really rough scenario for that front office to deal with. But you know, it always comes down to talent. You don't want to, you know, where he'll land if he gets, if he, if he goes into the waiver world, Seattle. They'll just pick him right up and say, "We'll deal with this kind of guy." <laughs> Why no doesn't he just follow Jim Harbaugh to his next team? Wow, I think, I think so. Way forward. If they've been this patient with with Alden Smith throughout this process, I think as long as nothing else happens, that they'll still give him some money. And, oh yeah. Uh, and why not? Hey, he's talented. Everyone gets paid. And and by the way, you know, sometimes we get tweets that it's uncomfortable, the the uh, tension between Chris and I occasionally. You know, we, it's all love. There's no tension. There's never no, any tension. It's definitely uncomfortable for <laughs> the rest of us. All right, Let, let's agree. move on to our awards. <laughs> let's start with the most valuable player. Mark, who was your choice for the 2014 MVP when you look in the crystal ball? Well... All right, I'm going to call this a boring pick because it's the safest pick that I can come up with, and it is Aaron Rodgers, mm. the Green Bay Packers quarterback, who, you know what, gets left at number 11 on the top 100 list. Are which we at this still point mentioning is an, that? Well, it's atrocity? an off-season memory. It's floated off. We don't care. But it still gets under my skin because this guy is, is at the peak of his game. He's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's set up very well in Green Bay to do what he does, but have a lot more support around him than he's had in the past. This is a potential Super Bowl team. They're uh. going to go to the Final Four. Green Bay is going to get it done. And Aaron Rodgers, MVP, bank on it right now. Oh, you can't even. Let's. Why are we still continuing this conversation? You're getting me fired up, Sessler. It's Where all, did you it's go? all right. Uh, I picked it, Rodgers too. I think he's a generational talent. He, I think when he retires, we'll talk about him in the same way we talk about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And those guys, they end up getting multiple MVPs. He's 31. Things are really good around him. It just feels like it'll be one of those transcendent years like he had in 2011 when uh, they didn't finish it off in the playoffs. But he was he was great in the regular season. Wes, who you got? Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL. 
but I don't believe he will win this award. Mm. You're going to go with the second or third best player. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with someone who's in the top five players in the NFL. Levante so, David. He's up there pretty high. Uh, the Saints, I've said it before, they're going to mm. break some records. Some of the records the Broncos set last year. Along the way, Drew Brees will join 2004 and 2013 Peyton Manning, 2007 Tom Brady, 2011 Aaron Rodgers as the only players with a passer rating over 115 in a season. Well, over 115 plus 4,500 yards and 45 touchdowns. So Ooh. he's going to have that magical season that you cannot avoid in the MVP race. I like it when predictions line up, and you've predicted the Saints to win the Super Bowl, and that means they're going to have a great regular season. Don't, so that, that makes sense. They, spoiler would, alert. Oh, that's right. We're going to give our Super Bowl picks. Well, we've talked about it a lot Rewind on this podcast. Rewind and forget that happened, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Again, pulling back the curtain. These are not the dwarves well, you're looking one for. one thing about, and I kind of think some of these awards are a little shammy because it's kind of like when you get Best Picture, mm. and whoever doesn't win that typically gets Best Director. Like, I, I'm going Saints. I'm going Breeze for Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, my God. No, you, you can't say that on the podcast. We didn't. We, it's not even a one that we did. We're not talking about Offensive Player There's, of the Year. That's all, all a ridiculous I, I, award. That's my point, is that that whole dynamic with the film world is, is idiotic because they just reward the guy that didn't get the other one. Breeze and Rodgers are at the top of this list. One's going to get off the Offensive Player, the other MVP. Have a nice day. Are we ignoring Peyton Manning? No, we're bored with him. <laughs> Testify. <laughs> I, uh, if you go to NFL.com, you can see uh, all the writers on the site uh, that had the time to do it, uh, predicting divisions and different award winners. And uh, I actually abstained from voting for the Offensive Player of the Year because I have a moral obligation moral. to. This is a campaign for you. It's a, it is. Along now the that, line of Now that we've raised goal. the goalpost, TD... And uh, we're going to try to get uh, the slide, the quarterback slide as an event into the combine. I do love that one. Yeah. It's a great one. We got a lot of feedback on Twitter on that, which I appreciate. <laughs> the other thing I want to do is to abolish the Offensive Player of the Year award. It's totally ridiculous. The MVP is is the Offensive Player of the Year because it's always offense. You know who it's How can not, they be different? You know who it's not ridiculous to is the agents and players <laughs> that weave these awards into their contracts where it triggers – you know, future big deals and cashola. So it's not going anywhere. Be careful what you ask for. Why? They get rid of this award. You're going to be like Alexander the Great sitting on the side of a hill crying that you have no lands left to conquer. Oh, I'll come up with something else. <laughs> I just came up with this one after the goalposts were raised. <laughs> I'm on fire. Let's go to <laughs> let's go to defense. Uh, Mark, who do you got for defensive player of the year? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even remember we writing this post. We, we wrote a whole article about it. You picked Earl it. Thomas. Earl Thomas. That's ah, right. Listen, yes. it's late in the, the afternoon. Mark was here until 11 last night and came in very early, <laughs> 7 a.m. That's I, a quick turnaround. I actually, in another world, one of the reasons I think the MVP award is a big sham on some level is that it typically always goes to a quarterback or an offensive player. Earl Thomas is an MVP-worthy player, but because – on most television screens, unless you watch all 22, you don't see the safety. Mm, you don't see the safety. Maybe that needs to be one of the other rules, Greg, the things you're trying to change. We need to see more in the broadcast. Why don't we have that behind the quarterback view? That's what I want to see. I want to see what the quarterback's seeing when you know the receiver gets open. I want to see why isn't he passing to that guy. Why was I idea. all alone last year in arguing for Earl Thomas to be Defensive Player of the Year award, and now everybody on this – Around the league, around around the NFL crew, wants him to be this year. because Chris, <laughs> you are a genius. No, I just mean like, why did if he was that great, why didn't you say he should have got it last year? Well, because in August last year, I picked Patrick Peterson. No, I mean at the end of the year. I don't recall saying yay or nay on that. My pick was Bowman. You're right. I I'm not picking Thomas. He's a good pick though. Maybe he'll be even better this year. You know, better than he was last year. Then he'd get the award. Who do you got, Wes? I've got uh, Darrell Revis. Ooh, I like that. I think J.J. Watt's the best player in the NFL, just like I think Aaron Rodgers is the best – or the best defensive player, just like I think Aaron Rodgers is the best, and didn't give him the MVP. I think Revis, if he returns to 2009 to 2011 form on a Super Bowl contender, I think he gets the award. Ooh, that would be sweet. They how, like narratives, too, and that's a nice narrative. And how much would he cash in like crazy? And that means the Patriots' defense will be as good as I'm hoping. Nobody likes to cash in like Darrell Rivas. Right. <laughs> My choice is a little uh, 
off the radar, relatively. Gerald McCoy, who I think was in the mix for it last year if people had been paying attention. And There's I, a lot of hype around this guy for sure. Yeah, and I, I do think that the Bucks will be a top three to five defense, be the type of defense that gets a lot of attention, that he's going to be the best player on it. He's 26 years old. He's just what you want in a top five pick. You know, he's gotten better each and every year. There has not been a season where McCoy didn't get better, and, and now he's at the point where he should be in the middle of his prime a top five defensive player. It's, it's a little tough to get it from defensive tackle. Not many people win the award from that position, but just like his buddy Warren Sapp did, I think McCoy can. I liked it. All right, let's move on to uh, rookies of the year. Offensive and defensive, but let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Mark, who you got? I don't know, Greg. You and I, uh, we've been on the party line with this, but I went Blake Bortles on offense. I think he's going to win the award with just... 13 or 14 starts. I like it. And listen, this is an easy one for me. Again, it's these awards are about uh, premier positions. The quarterback, if one rookie quarterback shines, that's it. It's done. Running and, backs win it a lot just because they get the ball and it's easy to sort of pay attention to. And I'm actually, I think we're we're all kind of looking at the rookie running back group and saying, hmm. This right. is a very unimpressive right. rookie running so back So far. Group. There's a better chance it'll be a rookie receiver if it's not a quarterback. But this is all narrative-based. I, I think that this is just people like to vote for things that get them going. And if you can be a quarterback that comes in and turns a totally uh, wayward franchise like Jacksonville around, you know— the, this is set up for him to win it if he, if he does what I think we'll do. He'll do. I, I love Bortles. That was my pick, too. When I looked at everyone from around NFL Media's picks, and there was a good handful of Bortles, and there was no one voting for uh, Kelvin Benjamin, I wish I voted for Benjamin because that's my strong number two. I, I think he's going to have a great year, go over 1,000 yards, and, and be a key part of that offense and deliver. So he would be my number two pick, but I got Bortles. What do you got, Chris? I couldn't go with Bortles because I, I don't think he'll get enough starts. It's fair. Well, Vin- we've got a sandwich on that. Vince so. Young did it. What? How many starts did Vince Young have? Twelve or thirteen? His rookie year. He definitely didn't start the year. There was a lot of late game magic involved with Vince Young's award. Won nine straight games. He was, pa- he was Ma- a little, a lot of help from Pac-Man Jones there too. He was Tim Tebow with more talent. How Vince many Young. games do you think he will start? Bortles. If I had to guess, I would say the over under. Well, we can't. <laughs> Sorry. You could do over under. Uh, ten. Okay, yeah, 10 would be tough, but possible if he was incredible. Before Halloween is my prediction on when Henny goes. Six games with Chad Henny will feel like seven lifetimes to anyone <laughs> in Florida. It won't happen. People were talking about Mike Vick as an MVP when he missed three or four games, which was ridiculous. So, you know, it can happen. Who do, who do you got for your rookie? Mine, you mentioned Kelvin Benjamin. Mine came down to Kelvin Benjamin and Brandon Cooks. I am sticking with the pattern of the Saints going to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees winning MVP. Brandon Cooks comes in and uh, injects life into that offense. He was exactly what this team needed with their wide receivers getting so slow and old last year. So I think he kind of comes in like a Deshaun Jackson did in, in Philadelphia his rookie year. Makes sense to me. On uh, good pick. On defense, it comes down to J- Devian Clowney and Ryan Shazier as the favorites. And I'm, and I'm going to start saying Jadevian. Because that's what his mom said is his real name, not Jadavian. Well, I would go with the mom. Right. So let's let's make this change on this podcast. Th- those have to be the two favorites. And I think you can put Shazier right there with him just because it's a little easier to win from inside linebacker. You're racking up tackles. He's going to be active in the passing game. It's, it's easier to get a lot of tackles than it is to get a lot of sacks. That's why guys like Jared Mayo, et cetera, win this award. I'm going Shazier. I'm with you. I could not go with Jad Clowney. I like the idea of it, but I'm going Shazier too. And uh, listen, you just said it all. I what, think Pittsburgh is West a good place. West pumped him up so much for us. I didn't pick him, and I don't agree that it just comes down to those two guys. I think we're sleeping a little bit on C.J. Mosley of the Ravens. Okay. We're sleeping a little bit on Calvin Pryor of the Jets. I like that. Khalil Mack. Mm, you almost had me out of my chair, but then that, I was, that slowed I'm down. I'm pumping up a Raider. Yeah, This is unusual for me. He did look good the last couple preseason games. And Kevin Patras' boy, Anthony Barr, who looks like a dynamic athlete for the Vikings, and you know Zimmer's going to know how to use him. But my pick came down to Clowney for the highlight factor. Mm. He only played two preseason games, and both of those games, his hits went viral. He's incredible. That's going. Those viral hits are going to be a big asset in his campaign for this award. I think Shazier has some of that same highlight DNA. That's true. 
And he'll be on national TV a lot with the Steelers, whereas Clowney will not. Oh, I don't think we have to worry about coverage of Jadeveon yeah, Clowney. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> let's just skip Pat's coach of the year because it's boring and it's just the teams that we think are going to do well. Let's go to uh, comeback player of the year. Also a, a weird award, but a lot of good candidates. Chris, you actually wrote a, a good piece months ago about different candidates. Since you wrote that piece, uh, which had a lot of good names on it, Julio Jones, Gronkowski, RG3, Percy Harvin, Clay Matthews. A couple he- of Broncos defensive players, Von Miller and Demarcus Ware. Who uh, Who's kind of striking your fancy right now? Uh, I think Gronk would have to be the favorite for me right now, but I'm going to stick with my RG3 pick, even though he looks like a wreck at quarterback over the past three weeks. Hmm. Well, are you sticking with it just out of principle, or do you really think – at this point, that this will happen. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it to teach myself a lesson, not to overrate the preseason. Mm. That's fair. The rare teaching yourself a lesson, right? That's I what think this, I, I'm sitting myself on the good. proverbial. That's what step. this show is about. It's about <laughs> self growth, and that's what Chris Wesley's doing right there. And sometimes self hatred, self loathing, masochism. Yeah, self loathing. Yes. Uh, Plenty of that. Mark, who you got? By the way, this <laughs> list written in June, and a lot's changed since June. Outside of one quarterback in Michael Vick where this could have gone a different way, they obviously were cemented on Geno Smith. Everyone on this list is still in play. Julio Jones makes a lot of sense. I, I that's, don't know my, if... that's where I'd go just because, oh, really? well, because of what, we, the, what little we've seen in the preseason. And this is – you want to talk about one thing that we say we can judge is a guy, a guy coming back from injury. How does he look? He's looked like a monster. That offense is completely built around him blowing up. I could see him having a Josh Gordon-type season and, I, you know – I don't trust the RG3 thing as much as Wesleyan does at this point. Gronkowski, for me, this is why this whole award is stupid. It's a weird award. It's a stupid award. He was dynamic last season. He got injured, but it's I look at Phillip guys. Philip Rivers won it last year. That was weird. I just, no tight end has ever won this award. And I wouldn't call him a tight end, though. But he is. Well, but he not is. in the sense that, that that position, when they weren't voting for tight ends for th- decades, it's because tight end position isn't what it is today. I think that's just random that tight ends haven't won it. Just And wide receivers, when I researched this, I remember that you pretty much have to be the best wide receiver in the NFL to win mm. it. Steve Smith won it coming off a broken <laughs> leg, I think. Randy Moss won it coming off the Raiders disaster year. I think Jones could pull that off or be top I two think or so three, too. no yeah. problem. That that makes my pick seem a little silly because I'm going to go with the first person to ever do the preseason postseason double. Santonio Holmes for comeback player of the year. Forget about it. How excited would that be? You don't believe that. No, I don't. Really <laughs> I don't really take – I don't like this award. But I could see Holmes. It'd be fun coming back from all those uh, wake and bakes he had a couple years ago. What's up, TD? Guys, as you guys have listened <laughs> to your analysis here, and so you guys clearly have – problems sometimes when the award is based on a storyline but this is one award category that doesn't even try to hide right. the fact that it's a storyline you know it's like yeah it's it's but, a weird award it's but like, rivers, yeah, it is. rivers Some, he, makes no sense because he was coming back from what like from a bad play exactly it's all and he wasn't even that bad it's it like, was oh, terrible yeah. he but led pl- the nfl in turnovers <laughs> for two years but players performance all over the place rises and falls every season yeah, i mean i don't i just really, i think it's a strange one that the nfl officially hands they should out, just yes, give it know? to thomas davis every year until he's not good again <laughs> i have no or problem chad, with that or chad pennington again <laughs> I have when, no when he kept when he got it a second oh, time yeah. that's when i knew this award was ridiculous greg's hurst Greg's pick was actually Muhammad Masakwa, who will emerge from nowhere to join a team in week three and explode. No. That's a Sessler. <laughs> You're st- I'm sticking with Holmes. San- Are you really? Santonio. Interesting. Okay. That's your pick. Santonio Holmes. They're not going to throw it to Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey and Martellus Bennett. They're the, going to throw the, it to Santonio the Holmes. The Greg cur- is only trying to get the Facebook call out when they publicize this podcast. The courage, the courage that it's taken Holmes to recover from being the first person in NFL history to get kicked out of his own huddle, to come back and show the inner strength, that's a good story. I don't, I don't believe this because I know you don't believe it. <laughs> All right, let's get to our Super Bowl picks. Wait, and- who's your real pick? I don't have a real pick. Do I need one? Well, you, that like, is a real person, so yeah, I'm, gonna I'm going to qualify that I'm sticking with San Antonio Holmes. I don't need, one. Right. I don't need one. Um, let's move along to our Super Bowl picks, and to do that, we're going to get uh, our fellow comrades on the horn, including our Chicago correspondent, Kevin Patrick, coming at you. TD, can we give him a ring? Yes, we can. He's on right now. Kevin Patrick coming at you. 
What is? How's it going, fellas? What's up? You're actually back in Detroit right now, right? Back at your home. Uh, that's correct. Uh, my nephew's turning one this weekend, so I'm here to see him and hang out with the family. Well, I'm sure he'll remember you coming in for all his life. You're a good what, uncle. What a gesture. Oh, wait, he's one. He won't have a memory that sticks for five years. There it is. Wow. <laughs> Greg what? just taking the wind no, down no, the I'm sails just saying, of a family yeah, reunion. No, it's terrific that he's back. I'm, I, I often <laughs> think about that when all these nice moments with my daughter that she'll never remember any of them. Well, that's why this picture is correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, not to get too far off on a tangent. Why does humanity exist? <laughs> We're all uh, going to yeah. die. Can you answer that for us? Why does humanity exist, uh, Kevin? Oh, good Lord. I don't know. For me to have fun, I hope. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yes. I like it. Like uh, it. Also, what's your Super Bowl pick this year? Uh, I went with the Seahawks. Because, uh, like we talked about, I believe that their uh, their team building is by far the best. And since the early aught Patriots, I don't think anybody's had a better chance to repeat than they do. They're in a position where they have young players improving. I think Russell Wilson is going to have a fantastic year. And teams are going to have to go through Seattle, which has been nearly impossible. On the flip side, I have them, uh, actually have them beating the, the Steelers, who mm. I think will uh, come out of the AFC. We are riding the Steelers, and a couple of you guys, not to give it away here, really like the Steelers to make it through the AFC. That that's bold going over. Sometimes oh. you got to take a cur- you got to pick a curveball. Yeah, everyone's you... taking the Patriots, Broncos. You know, you know, it's not always the same. And you're actually the only person to take the Seahawks, so you have a, a pretty good chance to be the one that's right this year. Dan Hansis actually nailed it last year. We'll talk to him in a second. Uh, yeah, that's all we got for you. Are you going to get into it with some friends uh, in Detroit, or what's going on here? I'm, I'm not at liberty to discuss those matters. Well, I know we have you working want, a lot. I don't want, I don't want the NFL, uh, you know, becoming aware of my shadowy <laughs> league figures. On, right? Do you lack friends? <laughs> Do I lack friends? <laughs> well, I mean that. Uh, you know, I have, I have, I have two or three friends. That's okay, got TD. with my brother, so things always get uh, interesting when that happens. TD is giggling like a schoolgirl <laughs> with that one. I love how Cecil just asked with the seriousness, with a hint of seriousness and concern. Do you have friends? Well, I wanted to to reach out again. This we just talked about the yeah. show being a, a a show of healing. We love Kevin Patra, and this is just about the one year anniversary of Kevin Patra having started up with uh, around the league, and it's been quite a year. So, uh, thanks yeah. thanks Great. for all that you do, Kevin, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, fellas. Have a good one. All right, next in line is the man, the man with the new boy, Dan Hansis and his son Jack. He's gonna call in. Let's get him on the line, TD. Get your Dan Hanses. Uh, get your Dan Hanses. He's got the entrance music. It's Dan Hanses back on the show. What's going on? What's up? Budweiser. Awesome yeah. reference, buddy. Yes. <laughs> you re- are you ready to uh, come back into our loving embrace uh, in a couple of days? I am very ready. I have been waiting for Alden Smith decision to come through <laughs> got it got josh gordon got week three of the preseason got the cuts uh i'm now ready to return how's little jack doing jack's doing great i mean he's a healthy uh, baby boy he didn't sleep last night so <laughs> things are starting to take a turn for the toward the evil but <laughs> at the same time uh you know i'm, I'm happy to have him at home obviously and but also ready to get back to work and join my around the NFL teammates. Oh yeah, yeah. we. By the way, we changed the complete name of our podcast and uh, site oh, I know. since you've been. And I, I also can tell you that a lot of people on Twitter were under the uh, assumption, the wrong assumption, that this was somehow done behind my back and I needed <laughs> to return to help restore normalcy and get the name back to what it was. But I really have no power here either. This is a, a corporate maneuver that uh, people below Rog or perhaps Rog himself greenlit, and we just got to move forward. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And uh, I know you're busy. with. You got to get back to, to Jack. So we had to have you on to predict the Super Bowl because you predicted the Super Bowl exactly right, not only in the middle of last season, but before mm-hmm. last season. You had the Seahawks beating the Broncos in the Super Bowl, and that's exactly what happened. So oh, just, and by the way, was chided for it. Right. And undressed and treated as an amateur. Well, not in the preseason. They were the favorites, to be fair. He was not the only... Kansas, out of nowhere, like a firebomb on mm-hmm. a Monday night, 
calls it directly. Well, that was in the middle of the season. But even before the season, him and, you know, a handful of other NFL media, they were the favorites for, you know, I'm, I got to take you down a little. No, I should. You were uh, awesome. Don't forget that the I not only did I call the exact uh, team and the winner, I also, in that midseason prediction, predicted a blowout. They even threw out the score, which I got within about five points on each end. So it was a mighty victory. So it's important that I'm on the phone right now talking about this. <laughs> well, the tell us then. Tell us who's going to win this Super Bowl since we know it's going to happen. Well, I know you'll be excited about this because this is your pick every year. Uh, but I think the Green Bay Packers will get back to the Super Bowl with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, and they will be defeat the New England Patriots. Brady and they're the last Brady Belichick shot at a Super Bowl. They're going to get through the AFC, get through Peyton Manning in the AFC title game, but they will, will be stopped by the Packers, who will use home field advantage to get past the Seahawks in the NFC title mm. game. I, I like it. I like Dan couching the concept that this is New England's end run, so mm-hmm. that it suggests something positive for the Jets. They will make three more Super Bowls, Dan. I'm sorry, your your ill times have not ended. <laughs> we had. You remember when there was that bogus debate about is Tom Brady done as elite? And I remember we talked about this a few months ago or a couple months ago, and I and I still believe I just have a, a bit of a settler that this is Brady's last real shot. And I, I talked to Greg before how I've always seen some career parallels between Tom Brady and my boy Derek Jeter oh boy. And, uh, and how they've their careers have progressed, both starting with a major flurry, historic flurry, and then going through a long down period. Well, not down period, but period, dry period in terms of titles. <laughs> and then in 2009 with Derek Jeter, he got to one last World Series, won it. And then in mm. 2011, and I can say this, I can remember this because we were at a bar in Culver City, the around the league team. Derek Jeter broke his ankle, and I remember thinking to myself, that is it. It was in the playoffs that year. This is That was his last chance. I get a feeling... Tommy Boy is not getting back to a big playoff game after this year. This is his last shot. And I think he's going to come sh- come up short, but I think he's getting back to what is this? This would be a sixth Super Bowl. I just I feel he very would be he would be the only quarterback in history to be in six Super Bowls. It would be heartbreaking to see them lose again. But yes, as Dan mentions, this has been my pick for I think five years running. I did get the Packers <laughs> winning it right once. I did get the Patriots losing right once. So they're two <laughs> great. Two great quarterbacks. You know, I just don't think about it too hard. You pick two great quarterbacks. They're looking good. Their defense looks good. It's got uh, Chris Wessling's pick for Defensive Player of the Year, Darrell Rivas. So, yeah, Dan and I are in lockstep. It's good to be on a winning team this year with Danny Boy. I like that. I like that. I didn't even – it's funny when I uh, wrote out my prediction yesterday, it didn't really occur to me initially that this was the Greg Rosenthal lock and stock pick. And then when I saw the article on the Around the NFL page – I was like, oh, of course, bang. Yeah. So, and I, I and refer, did you guys go around the horn yet with the other pick? Uh, we we talked to Kevin on the phone, but we we haven't gotten to Mark and Chris okay. yet. I'm just curious, what did Patra pick? Patra went with the Seahawks over the Steelers. Oh come on. Well, I guess we might as well do it. I was gonna say bye to Dan, but why don't we do your picks while Dan's on the horn? This is yeah, fun. Yeah, sounds good. You want mine? Yeah, let's hear it, Mark. I have the Bears over the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> no, not true. The man with guts. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> well, we hinted at our picks in a re- in a recent podcast, but yes. to make it quick, I have the Saints over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to let Chris expound on the <laughs> NFC portion of that. What's but, your? Well, who you have the Saints winning, Chris? No, I'll I'll go after Mark. And for me, I think the Steelers largely comes from this. I am bored with the Patriots. And I'm bored with the Broncos making the endless playoff runs. Let's get a new team in there. It's not a very new team. They're not a stranger in my yeah. world to the playoffs. Oh, God. Yeah. But These real upstarts. It's Steelers. Big Ben's turn. Once again, I like that Breeze and Sean Payton making a second Super Bowl run. They will win it. There is. A- By the way, I do, I do want to point out the incredible, almost impossible amount of integrity on both my and Mark's behalf that – I picked the Patriots as a Jets fan and Mark mm. picked the Steelers as a Browns fan. Shows that we are completely impartial and the definition of a pro. Good point. Very you, professional. I'm, I'm the guys, other way. I just pick my team every year. <laughs> you all realize there's a question begging to be asked here. Why would the Steelers be so good? 
Well, we've got two people predicting the Steelers in the Super Bowl. How can they not be the team of of around the NFL? Ooh. That, that is interesting. They have moved forward and past the elimination chamber. They're one of 13 teams still alive for the honor. It will never happen. <laughs> you picked them to go to the Wait, Super Bowl. There is no way that Mark can block the Steelers as a team of ACL if he's picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Well, mm. someone else can block them. By the way, guys, <laughs> it needs to be the around the NFL team. You know, so yeah, we, we, we need to get, work on the name. We don't get caught up with the round, you know, team of ATL, team of A. How about just team of the NFL? What about no? Team? That's not good either. Around Why don't the we NFL just keep team. team of ATL, and that will be our little piece of the pie that they mm. can't take away from us? I like that. Ooh, I like that. that. All right, Chris, <laughs> let's get dead. let's get your pick before we go. I have the Patriots. I also have Tom Brady returning for his sixth Super Bowl, and I think we're in uh, Burt Bell, former NFL commissioner, who coined the phrase "any given Sunday." Rolling over in his grave right now because the parody is dead. Ooh, hot take. There are five teams. You can say six if you like the 49ers. Five teams head and shoulders above the rest of the NFL right now. The Patriots and Broncos in the AFC are way better than the other teams. And I think the Packers, Saints, and Seahawks in the NFC are way better than the rest of the teams. So basically, I think you're picking from those five. I've got the Patriots winning in a shootout over the Broncos because I don't want to see Peyton Manning again. Like it. I think Tom Brady's the best one-minute quarterback in the history of the NFL. It comes down to the final minute. He takes the Patriots to the Super Bowl, only to be defeated in a blow-for-blow shootout by Drew Brees, who just happens to have more weapons at his disposal. Mm, One juicy footnote, you won't have to see Peyton Manning much longer. In my prediction, and this is a lock, (laughs) he will be picked off twice by Ryan Shazier in the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship. (laughs) One for a game-winning touchdown. And then, two days later, get that woodsy music off. Two days later. <laughs> Did Mark turn into a professional wrestler while I was gone? <laughs> two days later, Peyton Manning retires. It's the opposite of John Elway walking out with two Super Bowl wins and calling it quits. Manning is done after this season. What? Ooh. <laughs> why? Why that does? Why does uh, all of your big preseason settlers have to do with all-time great players having terrible things happen to them? Well, why last don't I make? Year, I'll make a devastating it, prediction about a mediocre, like third-string player. Last year, you correctly <laughs> predicted that there would be a serious injury that would, you know, harm the Green Bay Packers season, and then this year, you're now saying Peyton Manning will retire after a terrible end to the year. And can I just make one point? Wes made a, a very logical point that we, we're very top-heavy in terms of the way the league is set up right now. But knowing how sports works, that's almost, to me, a dead giveaway that someone's going to shock the world this year. Mm. Right, we will look like fools maybe three that, from now. Maybe that Bears-Titans one. Was that what you said? I did say Bears-Titans. If that happens... We're just going to cut out the rest of the portion of this segment. (laughs) All right. I think our 55 different preview episodes are over. The next time we're back in the studio, Dan will be here, and I won't have to host anymore, which is great. You know what will happen then? Uh, A preview of the season opener. Yes. Well, that's exciting. Real (laughs) games to talk about. I I am going to be excited. We're actually going to be back on Tuesday. Our schedule is a little different uh, for everyone next week, and then we'll preview all the games each week. Uh, that will drop on Friday mornings, and we'll review the games late Sunday night. But Dan will be back for all the fun. He's also going to Seattle next week, which is going to be great. And and this can be the first sign-off with someone on the phone. You you excited Ooh, like to be part that. of history, Dan. And, and to build up that wrestling motif, on Tuesday I will begin the podcast by hitting Greg over the head with a steel folding. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, for Dan Hansis, Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, and TD, I'm Greg Rosenthal. Have a great weekend, everyone. Preseason's over. Enjoy your Labor Day. (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 